Hello and welcome to the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. Okay, so let's get into the episode. So today we're going to cover a few topics. Uh, First, I just want to talk a little bit about weight loss in general. Um... And, and again, this is my own personal journey, what I've seen from some of my weight loss clients in the past. I am not a registered dietitian. Um, so, you know, take everything I say as a non-official expert, but this is my opinion from my own personal research and what I've seen from being in the weight loss industry. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then I'm going to do a, another Diet Starts Tomorrow podcast review. And this one is a really good one. This one has, uh, it's an older episode with Caroline Dooner, uh, Carolyn Dooner, hopefully I'm saying that right. And uh, and some of the topics include eating disorders and inappropriate comments and men, what they say to us sometimes and how inappropriate, again, <laughs> some of the comments that they make are. And so we'll get into that very soon. Uh, but first, I just wanted to talk about you know, weight loss in general. And, you know, if if you're someone who is is in a weight loss mode where you do want to see changes in your body or changes on the scale. Now I I'm a proponent of people who do not want to get on the scale. You know, diet starts tomorrow is big on non-scale wins, which I support. Uh, but I, I think that there's other people that do like to get on a scale and and track track it that way, whereas other people do it by their clothes. I think to each his own. Um, I, for a very long time in my life, never had a scale. And so whenever I have one around, I do like to get on it and just kind of see where I'm at. Um, you know, I am someone that likes to maintain a weight that's comfortable for my body. And I do know where that is on the scale or what that range is on the scale. And so I don't know, I, I do like to hop on the scale sometimes. And sometimes and I'm not obsessive about it. I, I, I have been in the past, but I'm not obsessive. I do think it's interesting to see the fluctuations in one's body from day to day. And I think that's why it's also good to not care so much about what the scale says, because it can deter you and it can throw you off of your regimen. You know, if you have, if you've been really focused and sticking to a specific nutritional plan and, you know, and you see your weight go up, if you get on the scale, that can be very detrimental to your success, to your psyche. You know, it can be very demotivating, even though your body might just be hanging on to water that day. Um, so I've, I experienced that recently, you know, I've been, you know, going from how I was eating at Christmas time, which was like disgusting, binging, you know, eating just basically all sugar, all butter and, and bagels and biscuits. And I mean, just ice cream, everything, everything processed and high processed sugar I could get into my face. It was like all I ate. And to now I'm eating, now I'm not perfect and I'm not trying to be perfect. You know, I, I did had some, you know, some fried chicken last weekend and I, you know, so there, like, I still do have my times where I eat something that is delicious and not very nutritious, but overall 
I've been sticking to mainly whole foods. I've been cutting out. Oh my God. I've, I've like basically given up desserts, I, it, which is very difficult for me. Now I do have these, this like keto chocolate, which I love <clears throat> that doesn't have any sugar and it's very satisfying. Um, but you know, I'm, I have a sweet tooth. And so I, you know, the way I've been eating, I, I feel really good. I mean, I've been eating a lot of whole foods, a lot of antioxidants, a lot of vegetables. And so, you know, I got on the scale the other day and I was, I was a few pounds higher than I thought I should be. And, you know, cause I was at an all time high after the holidays, after this pandemic and, you know, none of my clothes fit. I mean, I literally am not fitting into any of my clothes. So I, I did want to, um, you know, have more focus, eat more whole foods, etc. Like I've been talking about. And, and my body though, has been feeling like I did lose weight. Like I knew that I had been so consistent lately with working out. I'd been so consistent with eating whole foods and cutting back on sugar. I knew that what I was seeing on the scale was just a natural fluctuation. And it really, it just kind of like pinged my brain again that, I probably shouldn't have gotten on the scale that day because I was demotivated for a second. I'm like, what the hell? I'm working so hard. But then I, I, you know, I quickly remembered that I feel the weight loss. Like I feel it in my body. I know that I have a little bit less belly fat. I know that I see a little bit more tone and result from all the workouts I've been doing. And so, and I did, I saw it today. Now, you know, and I was down four pounds from yesterday and I didn't do anything wildly different. You know, I just stopped binging at night. I've been eating more whole foods. So anyway, it's, I say this because if anyone out there is on a weight loss journey and is getting on the scale a lot of times, you know, you do have to, your body, and I saw this in the weight loss industry all the time, your body can hold and hold and hold on to that weight. And then all of a sudden it drops off one day and it's demoralizing and it's demotivating to see the fluctuations on the scale. But if you are being really consistent, it does show up eventually. And with weight loss, you do need consistency, right? It's, it's, you know, the consistency is important for weight loss, weight maintenance and, and maintaining a healthy weight. You can eat a lot of extra things, you know, in there and not be so regimented, but you know, weight loss does take consistently cutting back on your caloric intake. Now, I was actually listening to a Chelsea lately, sorry, Chelsea Handler podcast. Um, I love Chelsea Handler and I love her podcast. As you can tell, I listen to a million podcasts <laughs> and it was interesting because I, I do, my perception of Chelsea is she does care about her appearance, right? She does a lot of skincare regimens. She, um, you know, when I've heard her on interviews with Howard Stern, like she, there's care there. Uh, and, uh, but I didn't know about this. So she was interviewing Tinks and she, I don't know, they were talking about like what they ate or I don't know, they, they somehow got on the subject of like weight loss. And Chelsea said that she used to be psychotic about it. She would get on the scale six or seven times a day to make sure that she wasn't fluctuating or that she wasn't gaining weight. And if she would gain, if she came anywhere in close to 130 pounds, um, she would like freak out and go on like an insane diet. And so obviously that is way too, ex I mean, that's very extreme. Clearly she really cares about 
you know, maintaining a, a, a lower body weight. And, you know, it's that's that's extreme, though. And, and I think that in Hollywood, obviously, there's a different expectation of women's weight. I mean, I used to live in L.A. and go out in West Hollywood. And I mean, it's the, the teeny tiny zone. It's 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 not natural. It's not necessarily uh, the healthiest way to live and be around other people. Um, and again, I'm not judging to each his own, you know, if, if getting on the scale that many times works for you, great. But if, but it's, it's, I think it's important to, again, do something that is, leads to good mental wellness and good mental health. And if you're somebody that is triggered by the, the scale, don't get on the scale. I used, I used to have weight loss clients that we were supposed to weigh them in three times a week. But I had some clients that only wanted to weigh once a week or would only weigh like once a month because they just wanted to see an accumulation of their of of what had occurred over that month's time. And I, I really look back on that and I applaud that because those are people that were protecting their own mental health and and understood how they could potentially react to seeing a wrong number on the scale when they are working hard at eating a more nutritional or uh, less caloric diet to gain to get to a certain goal. Um, and so so that's my diatribe on weight loss. Uh, I was very happy to see that lower number. But again, it's not all about what's on the scale. I, I was feeling better. You know, during this very stressful time, I had a thought of fuck it. I'm just going to eat whatever. I don't want to think about this because I've been going through this really, really stressful time recently. And I actually like in my head, I actually thought about it. I'm like, okay, I could go and, you know, emotionally eat right now and like feed my, my sadness and my stress with something that is, you know, comforting and heavy but what's that going to do to my happiness the next day? You know, how am I going to feel when I have, you know, made those choices when I've been working so hard? So, you know, I am, and I think that that's kind of an intuitive approach. It's more thinking, how is, how, how is this behavior going to make me feel in the long run versus temporary satisfaction in the moment? So I do think that, uh, that that is important to kind of think long term because, you know, I know even Brene Brown, that that PhD who, you know, goes on book tours and has read all these great books about leadership and, and you know, vulnerability. You know, a lot of people, a lot of successful people f- perform at their best when their health is on point. And that's even a stoic virtue is taking care of your body so that you can function well in life. Um, and so anyway, so moving on. So that's my weight loss talk. Now let's get into the diet starts tomorrow review. And again, this was an older one. So this did have Sammy, Aileen, and then this woman, uh, by the name of Carol, Caroline Dooner, and she has a very popular Instagram following. Um, she's at the fuck it diet and, uh, she's an author and it looks like she's all about just like not dieting anymore, basically. Uh, and, you know, she's written some books about it. And, you know, she's very popular. I I, I know, I think I've heard her before on this show. 
Uh, I do follow her on Instagram. But anyway, so it started off with their non-scale wins, which I do like that they do these. I think that these are great, you know, self-rewarding yourself for not just what you see on the scale. And so Sammy's was... So she's going through this like embryo freezing process where she was kind of forced to be sedentary, um, but now she's able to get back into some movement. And she said that for three days in a row, she had done a light 30 minutes of movement. She had done a Peloton bike ride with, you know, and it wasn't like she was like torturing herself with one of those high intensity classes. She did a scenic ride. You know, she's in Iceland. She was, you know, you know, and it's it is pleasurable to be on one of those bikes or walking on the treadmill and go through some of the the land simulations that they have. So she enjoyed that. It was pleasant for her. You know, she likes that she was just out there walking more and she was feeling better because she was moving her body. And she just, she, she did it because she felt like just moving her body. She did it and she just enjoyed that process. It wasn't about calorie burning. It wasn't about losing weight. It wasn't to fit into some societal norm. It's because she wanted to just move her body. And she kind of felt like, oh, like this is how people kind of get into a healthy habit. Um, you know, of wanting to move your body. It's not impossible for someone like her who, you know, was resistant to exercise when it was about calorie burning and fat burning and weight loss. You know, now she's approaching it more from just like an intuitive standpoint. And Aileen, you know, understood that, you know, she's, she agreed that, you know, I like the way she kind of rephrased this, that it's hard to, you know, we all want to create healthy habits and how it's hard to create something that actually sticks, that that actually becomes part of your routine to the extent where you, it feels like something's missing if you don't do it. I really like the way that she phrased that, um, you know, like, like exercise, like meditation, you know, it sounds like she had tried to get into meditation and she just gave up because it just wasn't working for her. Um, you know, I've been doing these daily affirmations, writing them down, saying them out loud. I miss like two days, I think over the weekend. And this week I was going on my third day, almost missing it. I'm like, oh my God, I've forgotten to my affirmations. And I, I did do it, do it at that point. And it was, you know, much later than I normally would have done it. But that's the first time in a while I, I missed that. So, um, you know, for me, I am lucky. I, I've been so consistent with working out for so long that now I really do do it for stress relief and endorphins. Um, and it's just part of my routine. I, I, I do feel like I'm missing something if I haven't done even just a 20 minute workout that day. So I am glad that I've incorporated that healthy habit. Um, one that Aileen shared was just putting on lotion after shower, after her shower. Um, she had gotten good about doing that. And then another one that she mentioned, because she just had a baby, and she said that, you know, a process that she at once found anxiety provoking, but now she finds very pleasurable, and it's just become a habit, is giving a bath to her daughter. And, um, you know, and it's, it's, it was very sweet to share that story. And, um, you know, I think it was, it was, it really helped to highlight, um, you know, how one can overcome anxiety about things and incorporate them into a, into a healthy habit. Um, what she's been doing is a good skincare routine. She used to be feast or famine where she would either do nothing at all for skincare. 
you know, on her face or, um, you know, and or she would like put every cream she had on in her closet on her face like all at once. And so now she's, you know, now she's created a routine where if she doesn't put her lotion on at night, um, she feels like it, like something's missing, like she didn't do something important. I, I, that is, I'm glad I have that good habit that I wash my, the makeup off my face every night. Oh my God. I, there's a, so Caroline Stanbury, I don't know if anybody of you watch reality TV out there, but she said she sleeps in her makeup. Like when she gets her makeup done, she actually sleeps in it overnight. So it's still done the next day. I do not understand that. There's no way in hell. Like the only times I ever very, very, very occasionally sleep in my makeup is when I'm like, I drink so much that I literally just pass out of my makeup. That very rarely happens. Even times when I'm like super drunk, I usually end up washing my face just in my drunken stupor just because it's part of my habit. You know, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll like feel my lashes to see if they're like stiff and crunchy, meaning I didn't wash my face or they actually feel like they've been washed. And luckily, nine times out of 10, I've washed my face. So, um, so yeah, so that's a, that's a good habit I have. I'm glad that I have that habit. My mom taught me a lot of these good habits, which is, thank you, mom. <laughs> I, I owe you one. Uh, anyway, and then Caroline's was she had wanted to create a routine for stretching. She said she used to do yoga a lot uh, and she had gotten out of it. And she just, you know, she tried to go for a walk. I guess, I guess she does have a good routine of walking. But she had gone on a walk and she had to stop because her hip hurt so bad. And so, you know, she had said she'd go back and stretch. When she got back, she didn't stretch. And so the next time she went out for a walk, she ended up, her hip hurt again. So she ended up going back, getting out her yoga mat and stretching. And she said it just felt so good. And it's something that she wants to do more of that just to care for her body. And it's like self-care is stretching. Um, I stretch a little bit. I do do yoga. I do do Pilates, which is natural. I mean, you, you stretch anyway. I will say I, I don't do a lot of like, I'm not one to take one of those like relaxing, like hot, like Hatha yoga, Hatha yoga. Um, I like a good intense yoga. Like I have my own yoga practice, which is also a workout, but I do get a good stretch in there also. So, you know, I definitely know the, the importance for stretching, um, it's good that Caroline's getting getting into it and also feeling how good it feels to have, you know, a limber body. Um, and that's just, again, it's not about a non-scale win. It's not about toning and tightening. I guess mine is a little bit, I mean, here's my weight loss mentality again. Um, because I, I, it took me a long time to get into yoga and Pilates because I, I was one that had to do the hit class, had to do the sprinting on the treadmill. And I felt like I was you know, wasting my time in these classes. Now, like I found vinyasa yoga and I have this like burn, like super reformer, super mega reformer. I mean, those are intense workouts. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not one for meditation. I, yeah. So some of that stuff does not work for me. I do still feel like I want to like sweat. I want to, I do want to tone. I want to, so maybe that's my weight loss mentality. Maybe that's just me and what I like. I do like a little bit of a workout if I'm going to to move my body. Anyway, so uh, so then they ended up going into Dear DST, which is when people write in. 
Now, trigger warning. The first one is about an eating disorder. So if anybody out there gets triggered by talks on eating disorders, please do not listen to the rest of this. Um, And these are really shocking ones. So, uh, you know, people wrote in and um, the, the woman that wrote in had been in recovery from anorexia and COVID made her relapse. She said she was in and out of the hospitals, in and out of hospitals for her eating disorder. And she had, so obviously this is somebody, you know, this is a very serious condition. This isn't just disordered eating like a lot of us have. This is like full on eating disorder to the extent that you're hospitalized. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's very, you know, that's tough. Um, So anyway, she told her professor about her eating disorder and that she needed to excuse herself for her snacks and, you know, all the things that her dietician had recommended. And instead of just you know, being understanding, doing what a professor should do. The professor ended up showing, and it was a man, showed his insecurity and kept talking about his own insecurities with how he feels like he's too overweight, how he feels like he needs to have a restrictive diet and have, you know, exercise routines. And and so, you know, so again, this, this is this is the girl writing in. So her professor, after she shares that she has an eating disorder, starts to talk about his own disordered eating and issues with his body, which is crazy. Um, and so she, the last class, she said that her and this other girl who happens to be very slender were walking out of the class and the professor said to them, I hate you both because you probably can eat anything you want and not gain weight. And... She responded very maturely. She said, um, please don't comment on my body. No one knows other people's struggles. And the professor yelled at her, go. Oh, and then and then on another occasion, this she said this was the third strike where the professor yelled at her, go eat something as she was leaving the classroom. And she said that was the third strike. She finally went and told the dean and it stopped. And it, it's 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 a story that's almost hard to fathom like you can't imagine that somebody in the position of being a professor at a college would be so inappropriate um or would have such disregard for her her anorexia you know it's it's literally unfathomable um you know caroline talked about how she was really just impressed. You know, Aileen was shocked. She was like, that's so inappropriate. Sammy was just surprised at how personal it was. Sammy thought the instructor sounded like someone older, but Aileen thought somebody younger and immature. I actually thought the same. I thought that the professor was probably like young and for some reason in his own life had a lot of pressures on his body. Um, there, you know, there are men that that do go through prof- like pressure in, in society today. Uh, and um, especially certain demographics. I mean, who knows where this guy fell with his demographic, whether, you know, what race he was, what what size he was, what, you know, you know, gender he, you know, considered himself. But um, clearly he has his own internal struggles and clearly does not know how to handle situations like this. Um, but Caroline just really, you know, had compassion for how dysfunctional it was and how, you know, society really probably was what 
told him what he should be or formed these thoughts in his head. I mean, who knows where that comes from? But clearly, you know, I I agree with Caroline that it came from a very dysfunctional place. And for him to be so callous with another, with his students' emotions um, and state of being, I mean, if somebody's been in hospitals, and I don't know if she shared that with him, but that's, you could literally send someone, you know, again, down a spiral by doing this. So it's really very, very, not only inappropriate, but very irresponsible. Um, and, you know, again, Caroline was very surprised that she was able to respond in real time, um, especially because of how stressed she was. She's, she's like, I would have had to, like, take a minute. I tend to be someone that lashes out, you know, in return. I'm not proud of that. I have a very hot temper. And so when I feel attacked, I tend to, <laughs> I tend to attack back. I'm trying not to do that so much in life now. Like, I remember this one time that, you know, and I, you know, I'm someone that even when I work out in my home gym alone, I usually don't wear makeup, but occasionally, you know, I want to feel good and I might put a little eyeliner on or wear a little makeup and who cares? Like, that's just something I want to do for myself. Now I have in the past when I used to go to a gym, I've, you know, gone right after work and worn makeup. Hell, there's times I would get up on a Saturday morning, go take a yoga class, but put a little bit of makeup on. And again, some people will judge that and say, oh, you just need to impress people. Oh, you want to, you know, you, you're, you're trying to look pretty for society. And maybe some of that is true. But a lot of it, too, is, is for me because I feel better about myself if I look good and or, or at least look a little bit less haggard if I'm if I'm just waking up and going to the gym. I mean to each his own and no one should judge what someone else is doing. I had a guy that came up to me in the gym and was like, doesn't that bother you? And I'm like, what? He's like having all that makeup on your face. And I was like, no, does having those glasses on your face bother you? You know, because like, this is the only thing I could think of because he, he was standing there with his glasses on. And I'm like, this is this is on my face. That's on your face. Doesn't bother me. Does does my makeup bother you? Your glasses don't bother me, but there's something on your face. So does that bother you? I was just like, I don't get your question. Are you trying to shame me for wearing makeup? Like, go away. Um, and I I was just as I was saying it, I was like internalizing it, just being like, wow. I had a I had people. I remember I was in college. And I actually, so I used to wear this black scarf around my neck. Like I, I, my Nana, it was like my grandmother had all these amazing scarves and I have always been into scarves. I'm like the scarf lady. It's kind of my signature look. And I had somebody send me an anonymous letter in the mail saying that they're fashion police and I'm violating the fashion police and the, that the scarf is like ridiculous looking and it's still, you know, I still wonder who the hell sent that. Um, I, I went to a college where there was definitely a, a lot of mean girls. So maybe it was one of them. Anyway, I, I, I am going off on a tangent here. But anyway, nobody should be judging other people and making comments, hurtful comments to them about the, their appearance or anything about that. I mean, now, you know, it's big on in today's society. You're not supposed to comment on any anyone else's body. You know, I definitely have been guilty of, of that. I, I really make a concerted effort to not do that now. Um, and, and it's hard, you know, the, you know, they were talking about on the podcast how actually I'm going to get into it with this next DST email because they do talk about this topic about complimenting other bodies or um, or insulting them. Okay, so this this next and last email, 
So this this young female doctor writes in and for for um you know for understanding she said she's young and this the the man that made the comments to her were was a middle-aged x-ray technician. So a middle-aged man talking to her as a young female doctor in her practice. She said she had lost a lot of weight for her wedding and he kept cornering her saying you're the prettiest girl I know, don't gain weight after the wedding. Then after she, after the wedding, she did start gaining some of the weight back and then he would then insult her and he started insulting her saying, wow, you're really breathing fast when you come around me and, you know, I'm mad at you, you know, why did you gain all the weight back? And, you know, as Sammy, so Sammy was the one that was reading this letter and she's getting so irate. I mean, I was getting irate. I'm like, what the fuck, this guy? And then apparently, so then the letter goes on. Then at the end of one day, he said he approached her and said, I'm mad at you. Do you know why? Because you gained the weight back. I told you not to. You're the prettiest girl. Now you're not. The other day you were breathing too hard because of your weight and it's not healthy. Lose some weight, please. And this, and she was in total shock. She had never been spoken spoken to like that before. And she said meekly that she didn't want to talk about it. And, you know, and, and so he finally left and and left her alone finally but she's just like how is it even in her own medical practice a man not only a man but her employee is lecturing her you know and she ended up making some changes at work and she said she won't be working with anymore hopefully she fired him um but she the the writer asks you know have you ever heard about this you know it seems that you get punished more if you fluctuate than if you never lost weight at all um, and I mean, again, these are pretty, two pretty shocking emails. I mean, usually the, the right, the letters that people write into DST are a little bit more lighthearted, but you know, a room full of women, a, a middle-aged man telling you to lose weight, cornering you, telling you that you're, you're breathing too hard. I mean, I would have seriously wanted to like bitch slap him. Obviously violence is never the, <laughs> never the answer. So I'm not promoting violence, but what the hell, this guy, I would have I would have lost my shit on him. There's no way I would have been meek about any response and I'm not criticizing this this you know it's it is hard for a lot of people in the moment to respond you know appropriately. And a lot of people are just in shock. It's kind of like you never know how you're going to act if you are like you know are are suddenly like sexually harassed or in in a situation that you've never experienced before. It is shocking. And so you know, they're they're trying to talk about maybe the way that they would have handled it. Now, the impression that I got from this writer is that it, you know, and I've seen this and, and this is not a this is not a stereotype, but there are a lot of um, practices where there's a lot of families and there are certain cultures where the me- the older men are, you know, do talk down to the women. And and I'm thinking specifically, and I obviously I don't know what culture this woman comes from, but like an Indian culture, you know, I've seen, I, you know, I, I, I'm in, kind of in healthcare right now, alternative healthcare, but I do spend a lot of time in, in traditional healthcare offices. And I've worked in many offices that were family run, and it was an Indian family. And there were, you know, there's definitely a, uh, you know, male domination in that culture. And I think a, a lot of women, especially at a certain age, don't feel like they can respond 
harshly in return to something that's that's being said that's inappropriate and again i could be totally off this woman could be caucasian she could be any anything that you know who knows maybe culture didn't have an effect on this but i think just from the way she as the owner of this practice as the doctor he's her employee the fact that she didn't feel comfortable in responding to him in a more assertive way you know, it's it it makes me sad that women are still dealing with with bullshit like this in their own places of empl- uh, even when they own the place. It's it's literally insane, um, and and very offensive. I mean, for a man to be commenting on a woman's weight at all in general, like fuck you, like don't even go there. Anyway, so. You know, Sammy talked about after this, that this demonstrate that weight loss compliments can be just as harmful as insults that, you know, because the writer did, you know, say that, you know, she she knew at the beginning that he was complimenting her, even though it made her uncomfortable to be cornered and said that you're the prettiest girl. Obviously, she knew it came from a place of compliments, but then it quickly turned to insults and she was uncomfortable in both capacities. So regardless, it's inappropriate. And, you know, Caroline talked about the faux health concern, like, oh, you're breathing hard. That's not good for your weight. Now, coming from a a douchebag like this, I I really do see her point in that because, you know, I I definitely think I I do see that a lot of uh, a lot of weight loss culture is has a guise of health. And again, that was something I second guessed about myself. Like, am I just disordered eating and not really focused on overall health, but just focused on weight loss? And and again, mine comes from my dad and his heart attack and his, you know, conditions, his, his health conditions that came from a lack of good nutrition. Um, so I do have that health side in me, but, but I do think in this case, it's all bullshit. He's saying that because he wants to comment on her weight. It definitely has nothing to do with health. Um, Sammy talked about this too and agreed that, um, you know, that there's a lot of people that make faux comments about this woman, Meg Boggs, who's this Instagram influencer. And Meg Boggs is is an interesting woman. She's had a huge following. You know, she is, uh, she, she, you know, she's a woman of, um, you know, she's definitely like a body positivity. She's like a power lifter, you know, and she's in a larger body. And she is very confident. And, you know, what Sammy said is that people will comment on her body or comment about how, like, how can that be good for her health in the comments where they're basically posing as if they're concerned about her wellness when they really just want to judge her and say that how can she actually be healthy? Um, so, I mean, look, I... You know, I have I have my own kind of internal thoughts about, you know, um, oh, you know, being, you know, having a lot of extra weight around your stomach. I mean, it does lead to more disease. So there are facts in there about, um, you know, having a certain body fat and what conditions can be can be caused from that. Right, diabetes. Again, my dad had a very large belly because he ate a ton of fried foods, a lot of sugar, a lot of beer, and just processed shit, really. And he had heart attack after heart attack, diabetes, COPD, because he smoked. I mean, all of these things. So, 
uh, it's it's for sure again the bottom line is it's very inappropriate to comment on other people's bodies that that that's number one you know if I've ever done it I apologize I'm sure I've probably done it in this podcast um but you know I I definitely think that these are a couple of extreme situations where you know it's it's really really clear um you know and Aileen asked you know how should someone respond if they don't want to talk about their body and they are getting a comment um you know and Caroline just she's like just say it you know I I stopped dieting and this this kind of talk doesn't serve me or you know um you know and and Sammy said that you know again it sounds like Sammy and Aileen both have people in their family that do comment quite a bit on their weight I guess Aileen's grandmother made a comment after she had her baby and you know it sounds like Aileen handled it really really well she's just like I don't I just don't want to talk about that right now um you know and and my mom and I talk a lot about weight and fitness and you know I actually enjoy talking about that stuff with my mom you know cuz you know, my sister does, doesn't want to talk about that stuff at all. My sister loves to talk about food. We all love talking about food. But when it comes to like weight loss or super nutritious foods, that's where my mom and I are more aligned than, you know, my sister. Um, I remember Taylor Strucker, she told a story on her podcast about how, you know, her ex-husband's family, when her ex-husband started gaining weight back after training for a marathon, they were like, oh, you know, it's just not healthy when really they just wanted to comment on weight gain. So again, I, I think, you know, and, and a lot of us have family members that say inappropriate things. I think it's good to have tools that help you overcome those, those times so that it doesn't trigger you or bother you or, you know, upset your mental wellness. Um, so anyway, I, I, I wanted to do that DST. It was a really good one. It was, it was from a while ago, but I, you know, I, I'm slowly going back and listening to ones that really pique my interest that I haven't listened to yet. Uh, I am going to, uh, subscribe to their Patreon subscription soon so I can listen to a couple that I've seen that I am interested in on the subscription model. Uh, so those, uh, more DST reviews will be coming in the future, um, I do have a couple more reviews of a couple other podcasts that I've been listening to, like Food Heaven. Um, I do want to do one about the other Taylor Strecker hosts. Uh, I'd also like to do one on F Factor and, and the whole Emily Gellis debacle. I think I'm just fascinated by that whole story. So uh, so more to come, more uh, good episodes. And so uh, I would love everyone to... Uh, follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. You can uh, you can please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts: Apple, Pandora, Google. I'm on all of them. And in the meantime, until our next week, I hope all of you do have a very balanced week.